Hello friends, Soul Tribe. Dreaming seems to have increased a hundredfold over the last few moon cycles or months. I started to notice it particularly as 2020 ended and 2021 began. And now hardly a day go, goes by that Diana and I do not hear from somebody about their dreams. Now, we are not dream experts, but we are very experienced in exploring other states of consciousness. We are experienced in guiding others in consciousness explorations like meditation and hypnosis and various connections to the quantum field, past life regression, working with spirit guides, the higher self, so on and so forth. So we find dreams very intriguing, especially lately especially with this huge, prolific uptick. Now, if you try researching dreams, you'll probably run into way more questions than you'll actually get answers, especially in modern science or the metaphysical communities. What exactly generates our dreams? Why do they seem super random but yet can induce dramatic emotions in us that we even carry over into our waking life? And how is it that despite being bizarre, dreams feel as real to us as our waking life does? What purposes do our dreams serve? Why do some people remember their dreams in vivid detail and other people just assume that they must not dream because they don't ever recall them? Interestingly, indigenous and ancient peoples seem to have more answers and understanding that I've run across, that we've run across, than all of our modern technologies and our scientific understandings of today. Science today has mapped out how the body dreams, um, what is physically happening in our brains, but it's barely scratched the surface on why, why we dream. We will be combining indigenous wisdom and current information from higher beings to talk about dreams today. This is part one of either a two, possibly a three-part series, because there's just so much material on dreaming that we want to share with you. So let's talk about becoming superhuman. <laughs> this is why we really are talking about dreams right now. Starting with the winter solstice on 12-21 of, of 2020, <laughs> we have moved into a new epoch, you could say, a new large cycle for the solar system. And the theme of this new cycle is spirituality, or developing the soul component or the spirit that we each are. And I don't mean religion here. Religion is actually dissolving. In prior epochs, humanity has We've developed our bodies and our minds uh, quite, quite well, quite broadly, quite deeply. Now it's time to evolve our spirits. It's time to understand more so that we can consciously use our infinite spirit or our soul self to begin to shape consciously our physical reality, our physical realm, including our bodies and everything else in it. So right now, all humans have readily available metaphysical senses and abilities. 
Now, this doesn't mean that we'll automatically all know that or that we'll be skilled at using these new abilities at first. It's kind of like being given maybe a spaceship. First, we have to know what the gift is that we have. And a spaceship isn't going to be much good to us if we think it's just a fancy storage compartment or maybe a computer. But then if we learn about it, we get an an owner's manual maybe, or we find someone who knows about spaceships, then we can learn about it and then maybe we can practice flying it and get proficient before we can actually use it to explore other worlds and do what it was meant to do. Same thing for these now available to us and growing metaphysical senses and abilities. So what do I mean by this? What do I mean by new abilities? Well, we'll start, we're already starting with things like telepathy, with consciously self-healing, healing our bodies and our minds and our emotional bodies and all the layers of who we are, and dream walking, or as it's known today, lucid dreaming. And then we'll progress to things like creating solid matter from energy and flying or levitating and healing other bodies with a touch or a command, teleporting, time travel, basically will progress to doing what we would see now as miracles every single day. But our paths from here to there require coming to understand and utilize things that we now consider universal mysteries or things of the unknown realms like dreams, like dreaming. And by the time that we are superhuman, (laughs) there's going to be a whole next level set of universal mysteries for us to ponder on and reach into. Think of dream work as superhuman class 101. What do dreams do for us? Uh, The why of dreaming. In a nutshell, dreams are glimpses using metaphors into our spirit self and what is going on while we sleep, what we're doing. We tend to dump unneeded stuff. Uh, We tend to heal deeply. We reconnect with loved ones. We plan out future events. We learn, we help others, and we prepare for upcoming interactions during dream time. Our dream world, which some would say is actual reality, includes the things that we cannot understand with our human minds. Hence the bizarre and metaphorical nature of our dreams. It's sort of like fairy tales being told to a child. The fairy tale is a version of actual events that is made understandable to the child's mind because the raw or actual events might be overwhelming or just something that is not understandable or comprehensible to a child's mind. We each form our physical realities, our bodies, our relationships, our life path from our spirits or our soul selves, which you could say includes our conscious and our unconscious or subconscious self. We distort or screw up our physical realities from our conscious mind, our very programmed human mind. Dreams are the bridge to what our infinite spirit is doing while our body and our conscious mind sleeps. 
the things our infinite spirit is doing to rebalance and heal our bodies, heal and balance our relationships, and assist us on all parts of our life path. Ancient cultures cultivated dreaming and studied the dream reality as much as they did the waking life, the waking reality. They paid very careful attention to dreams as a way to gain insights into waking life and really make better choices, wiser choices. I wanted to share with you an excerpt on dreaming from the book Earth to Tao by Jose Stevens. And and what I'm going to share with you is slightly paraphrased. I'm not quoting exactly from the book. The healing power of dreams. In a great variety of ways, dreams balance our human selves and set up the conditions for healing. Dreams are actual and real experiences that we remember in a symbolic form. They are used by our greater soul self to arrange our reality and set up conditions that we are seeking. There are four main dream categories that Jose talks about, Jose Stevens talks about. Number one, past life memories. Some dreams are exact memories from other lifetimes that are incomplete or are are unfinished in our psyche. Often these dreams are recurring because it is now time for resolution of that unfinished lifetime in our present life experience. So the details are often clear or distinct in these dreams, and they are repeated exactly the same each time. Sometimes they are combinations of several past lives that have a common theme, and that theme is showing up again in our current life and needs to be paid attention to and worked with. Thereby, these dreams offer healing and resolution for that theme of learning. These dreams have a a healing intent. They serve to bring our attention to a problem, pattern, or area. Number two, shaped dreams. The nature of these dreams is change, development, evolution, new characters, and situations in each dream representing ongoing work on a current life event or a larger multi-life theme. Shaped dreams can be problem-solving on an individual conundrum. Many famous inventors report dreaming a brilliant solution or even dreaming a totally new invention that the world needs. These would be examples of shaped dreams. These can also be a collaborative effect or effort signified by meeting in a group. Number three type of dream, converging vectors. These dreams prepare us for contact with an old friend or a past life associate, or even a new set of circumstances coming our way. They tend to be vague or traditionally dreamlike, and they do not conform to our notions of reality. Converging vector dreams especially use symbolism. Like a dress rehearsal for the actual drama, they are never accidental and are actual plans being made. Because of the symbolism, it takes practice, wisdom, and often hindsight to understand what vectors converged that were heralded by our dreams. Number four, astral travel. Mature and old souls become proficient at astral traveling during sleep. We visit with task companions or essence twins, friends, relatives, and other karmic relationships that we're involved in. 
During these nocturnal meetings, we make plans and choices about upcoming events in our physical waking hours. We might arrange a meeting that begins a process of healing an old wound. We might offer support or fulfill obligations or initiate projects. The hallmark of these dreams is flying. There will be repetitive patterns of contact with an individual. Like you feel the same emotions or do the same sorts of things, or maybe the person is always wearing the same outfit or has a certain gesture or words that they always use. These are like code, code words or codes that let us both know that we are connected in the dream time. Many astral travel dreams involve learning too, especially if you remember them as attending classes or meetings. There will be a repeating symbol associated with these as well. End of quote. So the more consciously aware of dreams that we are, according to Jose Stevens, the greater the ability to integrate the healing, understand obstacles, initiate positive actions, and accelerate our growth. Here are some tips to decoding your dreams. And this, again, this is paraphrased from Jose Stevens' book, Earth to Tao. Number one tip to decoding your dreams, identify the type of dream you had. Now, if you are taking notes from this or you've learned enough about dreaming to know the different types of dreams, um, that's kind of a precursor to identifying the type of dream you had. Determine was the dream about healing or uh, balancing yourself or was it a visitation to someone? Maybe it was learning or working alongside others. Pay attention to the details of the dream, especially how you felt, what people were wearing, the setting, was it familiar or unfamiliar? Did the characters remind you of someone you know in this life, or were they strangers, yet you knew them in your dream? What's the first thing that pops into your mind when you ask yourself what the animal or object or color or number symbolizes in your dream? Number two tip. Redream the sequence in your awake state and play with different outcomes. If the dream did not conclude to your satisfaction, give it a conclusion you want. If there was fear, accept that fear and then go beyond it to make it end in a positive way. For example, maybe you allow yourself to be torn apart and eaten by the scary monster. <laughs> maybe you become the monster. Or the monster maybe transforms into a friend. Let your mind bring about healing conclusions to dreams. Number three tip, interview the characters in your dreams. Ask them who they are and what they are doing there. The secret is to play with the images, which actually alters how you experience reality. Don't worry that exploring negative possibilities will bring them about. You're learning to consciously create with your dreams, and your wise inner self knows this, and it has built-in baby gates, so to speak. <laughs> Number four, regard your dreams as helpers and healers, no matter how unpleasant or uncomfortable they seem. They are served up by your higher self as the very best way to help you progress and evolve. By allowing unfinished business to process or by creating new strategies and circumstances. End of tips and end of quote from the book Earth to Tao. 
And then next I want to share from another book called Dancing the Dream by Jamie Sams. And then also some of this is from her Sacred Path cards. It's a, a, car, a deck of cards. In Native American context, dreamers are gifted tribal members who can accurately access information while they are sleeping. Information acquired by dreamers can be found in the form of prophetic dreams, dreaming the location of lost people or objects, dream encounters that contain spiritual instruction, and or messages from the spirit world. Dreaming was known and taught as shutting off mental chatter and entering stillness or silence, which allows intangible realms of consciousness to be accessed with accuracy. Dreaming includes waking visions, visitations, and psychic impressions. Waking forms of dreaming can be internal or external images in meditation, hypnosis, or deep relaxation. Our dreamer, known as the dreaming body, is the non-physical, energetic, or spiritual form that is our unlimited human consciousness. Understood to be a duplicate of our physical self, our dreamer can separate from the physical body and explore all other layers of awareness and forms of consciousness that exist. The dream space is very personal. It's what is available for us to explore in sleeping or waking dream states according to our very unique and individual level of consciousness. You could also say our personal frequency. To enter another person's dream space without permission can actually create physical harm to the person's energy field. The dream weave is the intangible or non-physical web of life composed of threads of energy, thought, emotions, intents, ideas, and life force. This connective tissue that they call the dream weave exists in our universe as unseen energetic pathways. They form a web that is connected to all solid matter, all levels of awareness, and all animate and inanimate life forms. In Choctaw tradition, there are four kinds of sleeping dreams. There is the property dream or the wealth dream, which shows actual physical situations that might bring abundance. There is the no-account dream, also known as the gives-away-nothing dream, <laughs> which is ambiguous or foggy remnants of unconnected thoughts that really don't tell us anything. And these may be sort of like off-gassing for our minds to clean out junk fragments that don't serve us in any way. Then there are wish dreams, which show us what is blocking us from attaining our hopes and our goals. And medicine dreams. The medicine dream is rare and shows an individual or a collective's future in a correct and impeccable form. In ancient times, dreamers were highly honored positions in a tribe or nation, similar to, to today's prophets or healers. Dreamers would dream medicine dreams for individuals, for tribes or nations, and the people trusted and followed the dream to the letter, knowing that if it was denied or not heeded, the medicine helpers of dream time could decline to assist further.
An example of this type of dream is when a nine-year-old Oglala boy named Black Elk collapsed from a mysterious illness that would leave him unconscious for 12 days. While he lay inert in a teepee, he had a dream. Two cloud-born men came before him singing, All over the sky a sacred voice is calling you. Heeding their summons, Black Elk followed them up into the heavens and beheld wondrous things there. Long after the boy had become a great holy man for his tribe, Black Elk recounted this vision that transformed his life. In it, he was shown the great harmony and beauty that pervades the universe. From the higher spiritual beings who summoned him, he learned about sacred symbols and objects that gave the power to heal sickness and quell strife, a gift that would serve his people well in the troubled years ahead. Most Native American communities still consider their own individual dreamer as the master of their lives. It is dreams that dictate to them how the Great Spirit lives and moves in all things, including their power, their feasts, their hunting, war, trade, remedies, dances, games, and songs. There is also dreamtime journeying, which are various types of awake dreaming, such as out-of-body explorations, parallel past or possible future realities, and these things are known today uh, under the headings of things like remote viewing, shamanic journeying, plant journeys, past and future life regression, various energy healing modalities, and types of hypnosis. End of excerpts or paraphrasing quotes from Jamie Sams' beautiful work. Recently, after yet another conversation with a couple who were reporting, both of them reporting intense and vivid dreaming, I went to bed that night asking these questions. What is dreaming really about for us humans? And what is it about particularly right now? And so I woke in the middle of the night and I proceeded to have an awake dream, which is very unusual for me. This, I don't know if it's ever happened. If it has, it's been so rare, I've forgotten about it. <laughs> so in this awake dream, there was energetic stuff happening to a friend of mine. Things along the line of healing and transformation taking place in him. And negotiations were being made with the lower energies that he carried that no longer serve him and needed to no longer be a part of him so that he can heal and move into the set of dimensions that we're all moving into. The healing and transformation and all this stuff was happening to him, but I experienced it as though through his eyes. I experienced it as he would if he were conscious of it, which I don't think he was. <laughs> He's not into all this stuff. It was like there, there would be fear. He would be fearful because of this energetic work and negotiating, even seeing what, what all is a part of us, of our beings, because it's so foreign to our human minds. And, and the fear that it was kind of like I, it, I could see or experience or was very conscious of the fear he would have, were he aware of all this that was happening. And this fear had the flavor of like a childlike terror because it would be too far beyond human understanding. Kind of like if you think about how a child experiences or can experience 
a terror when they undergo a surgery or a hospital stay where things are so uncomfortable or painful and they just don't understand anything that's being done to their bodies. Kids don't usually think, especially young kids, don't usually think of a hospital visit as saving their life or as improving their functionality. They think of it as, you know, hurting, as unfamiliar, maybe cold or being hungry or even being alone. This is a good analogy of how to protect our human from the trauma of the unfamiliarity that we're not yet equipped to understand Our brilliant minds tell us a story, a metaphorical story, and that story is always as close as our human can come to understanding what our spirits are actually doing while we sleep. And I thought it was really, really interesting and cool that this became the answer to my question, what is really happening Um, What is dreaming really about for us humans and particularly right now? I mean, it was kind of like, well, a lot of people are are healing and transformation is taking place and they're letting go of things. They're being unloaded of things that are no longer serving them, whether or not they are consciously aware of that, which is pretty cool. I think that is maybe in a nutshell why dreaming is so prolific right now. Dreaming can also be a prerequisite to some sort of healing or transformation that we will consciously undertake in the future. A recent dream I had involved someone breaking into the home that I lived in in my dream. It wasn't my real home. And terrorizing me and my husband in that dream, who also was not my husband. (laughs) So I lived in this place and I had a husband completely different than than my waking reality in this dream. And my dreamtime husband was a cop. So at first I assumed that we'd be fine against this break-in. But there were two perpetrators. There was a male and a female. And they were totally impervious to any fighting back that we did. Things just bounced right off of them. And of course we had guns, but they had no bullets in them. (laughs) And of course our cell phones didn't work. We seemed completely powerless in the dream, which brought up great fear in me, being so helpless in the face of someone or a couple someones who were seeking to control or destroy us. So in the dream, I ended up jumping from a second story balcony and escaping, basically running away from the situation. In the morning, when I wrote down my very detailed dream, and I did not understand at all what it was about yet, and that's, you know, normal, (laughs) very Very few times do I really get it unless I ask about it and and then even then I have to wait a while sometimes. So I went on about my morning and I did a guided meditation later. During the meditation, I ended up doing some pretty significant work around rather large and universal or collective fears. And the work I did was changing beliefs and perspectives that I've been holding about my own power and then also in the universal or collective realm. Suddenly, I then understood how the dream had prepared me for the work that I did in the guided meditation. It was like it needed, this work needed a conscious opening to the fear vibrations that I held in my unconscious so that I could do the work of dissolving and shifting and healing and and changing these rather large and pervasive and, and ancient, ancient things. When we consciously work to heal something, 
the healing extends into our greater subconscious parts, of course, and often shows up while we sleep. So counselors can tell you that clients who are working on their core issues will often have very bizarre dreams and nightmares. And I'll share an example of this type of healing dream. So my entire life, I've had a deep pattern of caring way too much what other people think of me, as in managing others' opinions was at one point early on all-consuming, and it really felt like life or death, what other people thought of me. This has kept me from public speaking. It's caused unnecessary stress in each of my careers, and it's crippled relationships because I would be overly defensive and always trying to sort of manipulate people into liking me, which is an impossible task, right? (laughs) So recently, I consciously did another layer of work around releasing this pattern of behaviors and the underlying beliefs that, that hold up this pattern. One night later, after I consciously did this layer of work, I dreamt of being in this large warehouse type of a space with several hundred bodies of people who had all been shot dead. This big, massive, like, spread out bunch of bodies, dead bodies. I was lying among these bodies, and there were men with guns walking around and checking to make sure that everybody was dead. And in the dream, I had to stay totally still and not even visibly breathe so that they wouldn't discover that I was still alive. And they even came over and checked me up close a couple times. And so I was, you know, holding my breath for long periods of time. When I woke up and wrote down the dream, I realized that this was actually a strong past life memory given to me in enough of a metaphorical form that it wasn't re-traumatizing to me. It didn't actually feel as terrifying in the dream as it sounds, which I know is is backwards. Often our dreams terrify us and we're like, why was that scary? This one actually sounds terrifying, but it didn't feel that scary when I was having it. But this dream, this past life memory was related to the Holocaust. Also, it represented past life and current life events that created my pattern of people-pleasing. Many, many times I've been hunted and persecuted and killed because I was quote-unquote wrong in somebody's opinion or simply disliked by other people. I, I would venture to guess we all have, you know, had this happen to us. Also, I have done plenty of that to others in lifetimes based on my opinion or my dislike of them. We all are playing the role of victims, and we all are playing the role of perpetrators in different lifetimes. To bring this all together, in this lifetime, this life's childhood held painful punishments whenever someone else did not approve of me, as well as deep religious programming, which reinforced the idea of ultimate eternal punishment if I did not please God. So, current time now, because I consciously decided to heal this pattern, this people-pleasing pattern, or this pattern of caring too much what other people thought of me, this pattern that lived in my genes, in my genetics and my cells, and forged way too many of my brain grooves, because I consciously decided to heal this pattern, my higher self healed during dream time some pieces that I could not access in waking time or that I could not access because maybe it would have been too painful. 
So this dream, this example, it felt like such a, a very useful shortcut, and I'm grateful for it. The healing has just extended to places that I didn't even know about. Our dreams are also intimately interwoven with our conscious reality. Dreams are extensions of our conscious choices and our past or future focuses. What happens during sleep is actually necessary for us to prune and blossom our human existences. Of course, you've probably noticed that time works very differently in the dream space. What we are doing literally takes place outside of our known time dimension. This does not mean that it's outside of time altogether, but rather that we are in a various dimension or various dimensions where time functions differently than in our own time dimension here on planet Earth. And we can sort of tell that a whole lot is happening sometimes in like a few minutes of dreaming, right? And other times it feels like we dream all night and the dream sort of just drags along with not much happening. Also, there is necessary increased activity worldwide right now because our, we are being upgraded. Our human existences, our collective, as well as each one of us individually are being upgraded because of the shift that we're making into a higher octave of dimensions. And so, again, this is why there is increased dreaming for everybody. So how can we expand our dream time or remember our dreams? I'm going to share with you a few tips and tricks and, and learnings that Diana and I have both picked up along the way and, and practiced or practice currently. The first tip is don't watch anything like uh, TV, like the news or even YouTube or, or movies or whatever for the last hour before you go to sleep because it's such a big influence on us uh, because we're taking that kind of stuff in at such a deep level. So don't watch anything for the last hour before you go to sleep. Clear the day's accumulation of energetic frequencies uh, from your layers of being from yourself by taking a bath or you can use fluorite or sage or even doing a meditation. Set your intentions to remember your dreams as you're falling asleep. You can also ask questions like I talked about earlier or pose problems that you would like help with from your wise dreaming self. Think to yourself or even say aloud, I will remember my dreams and know what they mean throughout the day. The more that you consciously set this intention or any intention, the faster it will happen. A good cue or a reminder to think or say this is maybe do it while you're driving or whenever you drink water or when you wash your hands. If you tie it to something you do often throughout the day, you're more likely to remember to do it. Write your dreams down as soon as you wake up. Writing uh, anything you have, fragments or impressions, no matter how small, will help retrain your brain and the rest of you to remember more and more of your dreams. Faithfully do, do this until your recall has increased to the level that you want it. And then beyond that, it's useful to me anyway to keep doing it so that I can dream walk or explore dreams and use them to enhance my waking life. 
my habit once I'm awake, as soon as I wake up, is to set what I dreamed about in my mind before I even open my eyes. And once I feel it's kind of set, which, which you know, means I've remembered it as much as I can, or transferred it into my conscious mind, then I open my eyes and I immediately write it all down. I keep a notebook and a pen beside or under my bed for this purpose, and sometimes even when I wake up in the middle of the night uh, uh, after a strong dream, I will write it down then. And always include the date when you write down your dreams. This comes in quite handy. Reading your prior dreams just before you go to sleep can actually activate your inner dreamer to create more dreams. Uh, Or you could say to tell you more and more of the truth about what your spirit is doing while the body is sleeping. You can try some dream supplements, if that sounds good to you. Um, A pouch of mugwort under your pillow is a really great way to start. And it may be all you actually ever need to boost your dream work. It can be pretty powerful. There are a lot of herbal dream supplements available in capsule form or tea or drops. But just make sure that you do really good research and even work with your medical professional before you ingest anything. There are also essential oils that aid dreaming. And we prefer using essential oils externally, like putting it on certain chakra points or meridians or diffusing it into the air, just due to their extreme potency. And then befriend, encourage, and thank your dreamer. Even if you don't remember much yet, or even if you don't like what it's serving up, or you don't yet understand your dreams, your dreamer is your ally. And it's always trying to help you. So speak to it as if to a beloved and trusted friend and request its help in specific ways. How can we interpret our dreams? Well, first of all, why? Why do we want to interpret them? I'll offer reasons from my perspective, and you might have more or different reasons from yours. The more that we learn and understand about anything and everything, the faster we evolve. Once we gain insight into what is really being worked out in our psyche, we can then take an active role in working out the things that we want to. Using our sleep time for problem solving can be as effective as going to a counselor or a psychic. Do you perhaps want to resolve the anger that you feel towards your spouse? Maybe you're stumped on the next step to take in some area of life. Or maybe you're missing a loved one who passed on and you want to feel their love instead of just grief. Try consciously taking issues like this to bed with you and see what happens. Diana has written down a dream that she had That is a good example of this that I want to share. She said, recently I went to bed asking what I could focus on to best support the collective in this time of shifting. I dreamt of going to a giant, gorgeous cathedral with my sister and brother-in-law for a concert or a show of some kind. We had not been invited or bought tickets, but we decided to go check it out anyway. There were a lot of people there, and some that I recognized, but most that I didn't. They were milling around in the big vestibule area, talking, getting drinks and food. I peeked in the sound booth and was surprised to see a woman I knew sitting there, 
looking bored or kind of lost. I said hi to her, and she just kind of stared at me with a glazed look. Something didn't fit, but I couldn't quite place it. So we went ahead into the theater, what used to be the cathedral sanctuary, and found seats. It was beginning to fill up, and I decided I better find a bathroom now before the show started. I also wanted to check out the place, because it was a gorgeous building that inspired awe and had a sacred feeling to, to it. Every door I opened, every hall I went down, every room that I went into was totally trashed. Bathrooms with toilets were full to overflowing. Tissue was thrown everywhere. Men in business suits were drinking and shit-talking and acting like it was some sort of a frat house or a dive bar instead of this timeless and sacred cathedral. No one seemed to care about the pristinely preserved rich wood bookshelves and the carved wainscoting, thick velvet and damask draperies or the intricately woven tapestries, or the art that was thousands of years old and worth millions. They just threw things around and stood and sat on anything, set their beers and their food everywhere and put trash on the floor. I was increasingly bothered by the rough treatment and the disregard of this house of the divine by these people who were oblivious to the grandeur and the sacredness that was all around them. I found a back passageway that led to what used to be living quarters I imagined popes or bishops lived in back in the day. So finely crafted and decorated it was with understated opulence. And I finally found a little water closet that wasn't overflowing with excrement. I ran into an old friend of mine as she found it at the same time, and I asked her if she wanted to come in with me. As an ex-nun and a deeply spiritual person, she too seemed very bothered by all this crazy people and energy and things that were happening here. I found I actually had nothing in me to eliminate <laughs> in the bathroom, and I waited for her to go and then suggested that we get out of here. She readily agreed, and we got a ride into the mountains. I asked what had happened there, and she told me about the two girls who had bought that cathedral and turned it into a concert hall. She had lived with them for a little while at a boarding house and had mentioned that the cathedral was having financial troubles shortly before they had the idea to buy it and convert it. We were driving up a road where the vegetation was getting more and more lush and thick and the houses fewer and far between on large properties surrounded by the increasing lush lushness of cultivated nature. Well, there's nothing we can do there now, I said. Better to be out here than in that craziness. She nodded and seemed sad. She pointed to a house as we drove by and said that was the boarding house they had lived in. It was a large two-story house with a wing off of the back that was all greenhouse with rich ivy and other vining plants creating a vision of the whole house slowly becoming one with na the nature around it. How beautiful, I commented, and she smiled, such a bittersweet smile. Yes, it was, all of it. They had such a great vision for the cathedral. She trailed off. I wondered silently if she somehow felt responsible. I knew it was better to be out of that mess and here in the mountains. We would have our own peace here. I didn't know what the show in that cathedral was, but I didn't want to be in that mess while watching it, no matter who was there with me that I knew. 
My friend and I were up above the city, and that felt like exactly the right place to be. We were both breathing easier and beginning to relax. The message here was quite clear to me when I reviewed this dream. Stay out of other people's messes and drama shows. (laughs) A lot of them have not realized that they are in a mess of their own making yet, nor that they are in the house of their source, their divinity, perfectly appointed for them to have their best life. I am cleared out now, as shown by having nothing more to eliminate in me. So look to nature and watch the show from above it, not from within it. End of Diana's Dream. So here is our tips for interpreting dreams. Number one, of course, is journal the dreams so you can track your process, your progress, because we tend to forget issues that we have, whether in our dreams or in waking life, (laughs) once they're solved or cleared. When Diana wrote that dream down, the answers that it held became even more clear to her. So writing down our dreams serves many, many purposes. Number two, ask for help. Interpreting dreams is its own niche for certain psychic practitioners. Many practitioners offer written online readings. Ask your higher self and guides for help in finding the best practitioner if you feel led to work with a practitioner, as well as using your intuition while you're selecting one. Definitely believe in your own inner knowing about this above anybody else's knowing Uh, especially if you do work with a practitioner and their interpretation doesn't resonate, remember that your own inner knowing trumps theirs. Number three, countless dream dictionaries are available. (laughs) I have one that I've consulted quite a lot, but sometimes it applies and other times not at all. I suspect that our dream meanings are as individual as we are. So While consulting dream dictionaries can point us in a direction, they're not always going to give us insight. Animals and numbers and colors, stones and plants can be a bit more universal or easier to research what they symbolize, but it's important to first consult your own psyche for what they mean to you personally. For instance, an octopus might make you think of a person who is meddling with many arms in your life or energetic space. Maybe the octopus is dark red, which might be the color of how angry you feel about their meddling. Maybe there's a wall at your back in this dream keeping you stuck with the octopus. What is that wall in real life, and how can you dismantle it or create an opening? How might you put an end to the meddling? before your repressed anger causes dis-ease in your body. Dreaming about parts of the body can indicate an area of life. Think of what that body part actually does for you in life, such as, is it a support? Does it help you balance or move forward? Does it help you hug people or take in nourishment or speak? And then apply that to your life. So for instance, a dream that you have, let's say about a large hole in your left thigh, might indicate a primary support from the past. Thighs can mean many things, but they are very much a primary support to us. 
And from the past, I say because our left side symbolizes the past and our right side symbolizes the present. Our left side also could symbolize feminine support because left side is feminine and right side is masculine. So you could, this, this dream about having a large hole in your left thigh might indicate that you're suddenly missing a primary feminine support from your life. Or maybe you had a prior thigh injury in real life caused by pushing yourself to extremes. In this case, the dream might be about that pattern of pushing yourself, which needs to be resolved now before it leads to another injury, before this pattern of pushing yourself leads to more or worse injury. Sexual activity often connects to our core strength or our vitality or power. I dreamt of having sex with a man who is a cherished friend in reality. And the dream indicated that we had given each other an infusion of vitality or life force energy. Sexual dreams are really hardly ever actually about sex. Also, because this dream was heterosexual, it meant we were exchanging masculine and feminine energies that the other one was lacking. And I had been indeed sort of drained from outward activities at the time, and I woke up feeling re-energized from this dream. Homosexual dreams might mean that we need more of our own gender energy. And rape might mean we are feeling disempowered or are agreeing to be a victim of something. Sometimes the other person in a scene like this might represent a situation or a belief that we are agreeing to be a victim of. Brainstorming or automatic writing can be a great way for you to discover what dream components actually symbolize to you. List your components that need interpreting, uh, such as the objects, the colors, the emotions, etc., and then start writing associations for these as fast as you can beside each component. Just whatever it brings up in you, whatever it makes you think of first. Without giving it too much thought, certainly don't analyze it. Just let your mind flow and dump it out on paper. And it doesn't need to make sense, and you don't need to understand it while you're writing. But then when you're done, go back and look at the overview using both your mind and your heart, which is using both your logic and your feelings, to understand what that dream brought up for you. Overthinking dreams will not be at all helpful. <laughs> You're going to need to feel into them. And then lastly, be willing to go into territory that you've been avoiding or don't particularly want to look at in waking life. Things show up in our dreams because we are not consciously aware of them or because we're unwilling to see truth or to engage with things that scare us. Dream work requires courage. Be patient with yourself. Understanding dreams is a wisdom skill that takes time and intention and self-trust and definitely self-love. Okay, friends, I'm going to end here. <laughs> uh, we're getting pretty long and we have so much more material to share with you. Believe it or not, this was kind of like an introduction to dreaming and dream work. And in the next episode, episode two, we'll go a whole lot deeper. 
So instead of additional resources, I'm just going to end with a blessing. I wish you many, many blessings on your day, on your dream work, on your health, and in this time of such change, may you find comfort and peace and great, great joy.